What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in Clovis, California, is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Man, it has been a minute since we were in the same uh, same show together, Drew. We took a little bit of a hiatus in between, but we are yeah. back. And uh, it's a late one, but we are gonna we're going to grind right on through. Uh, we got a great show for you guys tonight, and uh, we have a new segment that we're introducing over under. It's uh, it's going to be a fun one, guys. We can't wait for you guys to hear it. So don't forget, though, to follow us on social media. All of the uh, links are in the description and in the episode card, episode card. So please subscribe, download, rate, and review, all that good stuff. So without further ado, let's get started. Well, we are back. Yes, that is correct. And uh, Cody, I don't know if you remember, but this is actually our 100th episode. It is, technically. On podcast form. Yes, because we have about a bajillion videos everywhere else. But yes, on (laughs) podcast is our official 100th episode. So So congratulations to you. Um, I think we were going to do something, but we might wait until um, maybe until next week when we plan it better. Um, But um, we do have a few questions that we are going to ask and we're going to have a prize for everyone. So please, 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 please listen and watch um, our show live on YouTube uh, next week because hopefully by then we will be having it. And if we do, you can win. A pretty sweet prize, in my opinion. So, uh, anyway, so just wanted to get that out of the way first. Um, but, Cody, before we get into everything else that we we're going to talk about, how are you doing, man? Pretty good, man. Just been a busy Friday as we're recording this here, and I'm really excited to get started. I've been itching for some Drew Code all week, and uh, I know I've probably blown you up on Marco Polo all week, so you, you knew I was excited for tonight, but it's here and uh you know we got to do some fantasy drafts over the weekend which was a lot of fun and uh you know i don't know about you but labor day weekend is always like heavy drafts for me just because that's like the one weekend i can get them all in and uh drove my wife nuts for sure i thought she was gonna leave me for a moment (laughs) but she said you know what it's okay you can come back in bed so it was it worked out (laughs) for the best i guess that's good yeah i'm glad i'm glad you made it back to your bed um yeah you know (sighs) This might sound like completely disrespectful, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be nice about it. But um, I felt like I feel like Labor Day is kind of more now just like for fantasy football. <laughs> like they, yeah. you know, it used to be for you know, you know. Obviously, we all know what Labor Day is. Okay, I don't, I'm not gonna go into it. But Labor Day, and you know, all of a sudden it kind of turned into fantasy football holiday, where you got to get as many drafts as you can in on that yeah. weekend. And I just feel like that's why they give us three days now uh, <laughs> of a week, a three day weekend, because it's just for fantasy. They were like, "Well, we were going to get rid of Labor Day like a long time ago, but yeah. it just kind of became fantasy football." But we can't call it fantasy football. We we're just going to call it Labor Day. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, I just. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like that every Labor Day, this is where it always comes down to where I got to um, I'm either drafting or getting mm-hmm. ready for a draft or watching football or whatever. So, you know, anyway, yeah, um, it, was, but, it uh, was a pretty chaotic weekend and it, it was fun ultimately, but it, it seemed like it was a rush. And, you know, again, when you're I don't know if for me, 
because they're so close together, it's like having to concentrate all that energy and emotion in those. It's very exhausting because you go through all off season to like check out your team or the players you want. And then the day comes where you're actually making those picks. And it's like a lot of like, all right, who are we going for? And then I know that the, probably the best thing about fantasy football is the drafting just because you get to tease somebody who makes a reach for somebody or, you know, you pick up somebody in a late round that ends up winning you your league. So there's a lot of excitement around that. But oh my God, which happened yeah. so much this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> so yeah. many reaches, man. Uh, absolutely crazy. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, I um, I did want to shout out Fresno State uh, as they won uh, their first uh, game. Now, it was against Cal Poly. It was a game that we should have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously we did. So congratulations to them. But this is a big weekend this week. Uh, tomorrow, Fresno State is playing Oregon State here in Fresno. Uh, right. So for you uh, Bulldog fans, definitely uh, you know keep an eye out on that game. Oregon State's a really good team. They're receiving uh, top 25 votes, votes as well as um, Fresno State is also receiving uh, top 25 votes so mm-hmm. um it'll be a it'll be a huge game whoever wins this game is going to be ranked i will i'm almost willing to guarantee it uh yep. so this will be interesting for sure so uh go dogs and uh hopefully uh, they can pull out a, a good win uh the last time we faced oregon state uh here in fresno was back in 2005 mm-hmm. no it was i believe it was 2002 Oh, wow. Um, and uh, that's when, uh, you know, Oregon State was ranked like fifth in the nation. And mm-hmm. uh, we we beat them and and uh, people went on the field and tore down the uh, field goal post. And mm-hmm. I am proud to say that my cousin and I were actually on the field when that were when that was happening, happening. God, I cannot talk today. Um, but um, it was kind of funny because we're like these like young kids who like don't know what's going on we're just like watching what these grown drunk ass <laughs> people are doing so um we were watching that and uh it, that was a cool experience though and mm-hmm. um you know i probably just added myself you know the cops are probably looking for us so i better uh better be know, careful think, with that i think statue of limitations over 20 years is is not gonna get you on a goal pulse tear down so whoa 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 what's with the hostility 20 years um, whoa I mean, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Papa. I just wanted to break it to you. Yeah, so uh, it's it's a big uh, it's a big game this week, and you know I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, watching that game. Uh, hopefully, uh, I wanted to go to the game uh, mm-hmm. because actually my um, my Elric uh, is a part of the band, yeah. Yes, my nephew is part of the band, so um, I wanted to go see him, which I think we're just going to have to go to a different game because I believe this game is already sold out. I think it sold out like Wednesday. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this, I mean, you ever want to see a, a big college football game that's not, um, you know, Ohio State, you know, all these big, go to Fresno State, really. It is such yeah. a cool college experience. It's just not, you know, it can't fit 100,000 people, which you also do want to go see all those big names. Cause I went to mm-hmm. the USC Fresno state game one time uh, uh-huh. when Reggie Bush was, you know, rolling through oh. there. 
he and ran like eight miles this, on the dogs. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even like the dogs were even bad. It was just Reggie Bush was that good. And yeah. actually, the Bulldogs made it a. They almost still beat USC. If it mm-hmm. wasn't for Reggie Bush, literally, we would have stomped USC. Yeah. But um, it was that was that was a crazy college experience because they they play in the Coliseum. It's a hundred thousand fans, and I mean, man, you can. It just sounds like I don't know if you ever played the NCAA football game, mm-hmm. and you know how it has the crowd noise and it kind of shakes. It mm-hmm. literally was doing that, and you're like, "Holy yeah. cow, this is insane!" So that was a cool experience. So yes, go see those. But honestly, the Fresno State, it it really could compare. If they had a hundred thousand fans, that place would absolutely be rocking. Yeah. But unfortunately, we just. You know, we don't have that big of a stadium, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, go go check it out, and it, it'll be uh, it'll be a fun one. So, Cody, enough of all that chick chat, man. God, you just took forever. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that intro was a little bit longer yeah. than expected. Yeah, but anyway, um, I'm really looking forward to uh, football this weekend because we have. NFL games that actually mean something, Cody. Mm -hmm. And we actually had one on Thursday, which was the Bills and Rams. And, um, you know, the Rams kind of played like the Lambs. Yeah. And the Bills played like the Bills. I mean, they they Mm -hmm. played really well. So, um, you know, kind of a a few things that you kind of took from. I don't know if you watched the whole game. Uh, I was able to because uh, as if you're if you're new to the show, uh, my in-laws are big Rams fans. So, uh, you know, we watch all the Rams games. So I definitely watch a lot of Rams and Raiders. Um, but, um, you know, I, I was watching the whole game. We, we all got together and watched it. And I don't know if you watched it all, but what were some of the things that you took from that game? So I did watch about 80% of it. I think I missed half of the first quarter, but I was able to watch the rest of the game. And My takeaway was in the first half, the Rams were very competitive. The Bills started off a little, well, I wouldn't say they started off slow, but, you know, they were able to move down the field. They had some costly turnovers early on and uh, the Rams, you know, didn't move down the field as much as I thought they would. And honestly, you can tell that Stafford was only targeting Cooper Cup, which, um, you know, he's a dynamite receiver. It looks like he picked right where he left off last season, but what makes it tough is, you know, you and I have been on the train of uh, Allen Robinson the second, and he was nowhere to be found. Cam yeah. Akers had three carries for zilch yards, and I don't even think he was targeted. Um, you know, Daryl Henderson Jr. Uh, seemed to be the only running back that was productive. So it was just very surprising. I think the Bills defense is, uh, you know, was able to get to Stafford quite often. I think seven sacks. So the Rams have an offensive line problem and they did have it for a majority of last season. They were just able to cover it up and it was just very apparent in this first week. So I know that there's a lot of, you know, overreacting on the following day of, you know, the Rams and the bills and the bills do look like a great football team. They look very, very good, but it is one week. The Rams just didn't play their best, best brand of football. I trust Sean McVay will bounce back and the Rams will be just fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, the offensive line needs to be worked on. This is kind of like the first full game. I think that whole offensive unit got to play on the field together. So there's a lot of like trying to get the feel for each other. You can tell there's just a lot of cohesion that's not complete there. And the Bills, obviously, they've been together a lot longer. You can tell that there's a lot more um, chemistry there. They had a lot more trust in one another on both sides of the ball. So I think... um 
you know, I, I think I was surprised by how dominant the Bills were, but I mean, Bills are uh, AFC favorites for a majority of people this season. So we'll see. I mean, it was good to see football back on, but, you know, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah, I was a little mad at myself for not really doing my homework in the sense of I knew Andrew Whitworth was not on the offensive line for the Rams anymore, and I think that's a huge blow. I mean, he was Mm -hmm. their anchor on the offensive line. Um, you know, one of the best left tackles, even at 40 years old and in the NFL, I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. And so losing that you lost a lot. And I mean, Von Miller definitely showed, Mm -hmm. uh, why you missed that in in that game. The, the one thing that I did that I was very impressed with, with the bills is all their sacks were coming off of a four man rush. It was, it wasn't even blitzes. Yeah. Uh, Von Miller was beating his man quite a bit. Um, I forget the other guy. I think it's Phillips on the other side, uh, who was, who got to, um, yeah, Phillips, he got a sack and a half. Uh, he was on the other side of, uh, Miller. So it was just a great one, two punch for, Mm -hmm. for the bills. Um, so very impressed, very discouraged by the Rams offensive line. I mean, you were talking about Daryl, uh, Henderson jr. And, you know, he was the most productive running back that the Rams had. But to say he was productive was kind of uh, being nice because yeah. in 13 carries, 47 yards, I mean, he, he was barely – I mean, his longest run was an 18-yarder. If it mm-hmm. wasn't for that, he's he's in the 20s, in the high right. 20s of, of rushing yards. So, And I think he had um, five receptions, which made it look like it was a little bit better, but a lot of yeah. them were dump-offs, you know, just yeah. to – just to elude pressure. So, yeah. Yeah. Five catches, 26 yards. So, uh, you know, listen, I, I like Daryl Henderson Jr. Um, I'm with you. I think Cam Akers, something must have happened. There must have been something that was going on because it was really weird why he mm-hmm. only had three carries. Uh, I, I thought he had one catch, but I forgot that it was a pass that was kind of behind the line of scrimmage or behind the quarterback. So technically it was just a lateral. So it was a handoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he just, they really didn't throw him. And then Allen Robinson, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the shock to me was he was targeted twice. I mean, yeah. Which is ridiculous. I mean, Allen Robinson, you're spending what, what is he guaranteed? Like, 50 60 million dollars guaranteed yeah and he's not and he's not even getting schemed in this game that was a little weird to Mm -hmm. me i I was very surprised about that so um that's something that honestly i'm going to keep an eye on not just for fantasy purposes of course but um mainly because that could be a big story i mean that could be something where if you're alan robinson I mean, are you, you may be okay with the money, which I mean, I'm sure you are, but if you're a competitor, if you're a guy who wants to win, um, you know, that's not going to be okay because you could have been getting paid just as much in Chicago and Mm -hmm. losing games, you know what I mean? And getting targeted way more. Uh, so, uh, you know, that was a little, that was a little weird to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Tyler Higby had an awful, awful game. Yeah. He dropped like two or three passes, which were just, I mean, easy catches. Momentum killers, um, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And, and Cooper Cup, obviously, he did his thing. And, and I think if you're a fantasy, uh, if you're a fantasy football player, I mean, you're definitely, um, 
<laughs> you definitely are happy if you got Cooper Cup. You're yeah. definitely happy that, you know, and I think now if someone took Cooper Cup first overall, um, you showed why that that's a smart pick. I mean, he had a touchdown, mm-hmm. which was a toe tapper, which was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 catches, 128 yards. I mean, he was the one that was being targeted the most. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, Stafford looked really bad, really, really bad. And I, I don't know. I don't know if it was his arm. His arm didn't look bad, but what, what I saw was it was a lot of dump offs. It was a lot of short passes. It was a lot of, uh, you know, not going past, you know, 15 yard passes. I mean, he was, he was throwing pretty, uh, pretty, Conservatively. Yeah, conservatively, I guess would be the best word. So Josh Allen, I mean, you saw on the other on the other foot. I mean, he's letting it rip. He's letting it go. He's yeah, he's throwing downfield. He had the two picks, which were kind of like weird picks. I mean, you know, you could you could blame him all you want, but um, you know, he powered his way in for a rushing touchdown and had one heck of a stiff arm. I mean, yeah. it was crazy. So uh, I mean, you could just tell that Josh Allen was the best player on the field. Um, mm-hmm. And Cooper Cup was definitely a close second, in my opinion. And, and Stefan Diggs kind of made it a almost a three-way tie there. So, But we'll see. I mean, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of good things with Buffalo. And I think it, the score, 31-10, to 10, could have been a whole lot worse if it wasn't for all the Buffalo turnovers. Yeah. If they didn't turn the ball over, they were moving the ball at will against Los Angeles, which was another concern for me. Jalen Ramsey allowed, what, a perfect passer rating Mm -hmm. uh, when the ball was going towards him. So a lot lot of concerns, but I am with you. I think it's an overreaction to be like, oh, my God, the Rams, they're going to be awful. They're terrible. Listen, it was game one, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of new faces. We, We forget that, yeah, they were Super Bowl champions. They don't have the same team that they had last year. Mm-hmm. We because we thought that Tampa Bay was going to repeat because they had literally the same exact team. So we're like, well, what's new? What's going to change? Well, mm-hmm. other teams changed and they got yeah. better. And so with Los Angeles, I would still say I feel like they got better in the, on the sense of the offense. They got better in a, in weapons form, but offensive line and defense they did lose a lot, and we're starting to see that a little bit. So. We'll see how I, I believe they're going to get out of their funk. I don't think it's going to be that issue, that big of an issue, mm-hmm. um, but I could see how it could end up being that way. So it is something to watch, but honestly, I'm not worried about it because I do feel like um, I do feel like the Rams are, are that talented of a team. And Sean McVay has proven time and time again, you know, he's he's a guy who figures it out. So, yeah. For the Rams, I'd be more concerned with the defense than I would the offense. I think if the defense can make a couple more stops, and I think you mentioned this to me earlier this morning too when we were talking, is you know Von Miller ironically was that pass rusher that was opposite of Leonard Floyd, who you know he made his best his mess his best uh, opportunities when he had a, another pass rusher on the opposite side of him, and they don't have that. They have Bobby Wagner, who's still getting used to the defense. It looks like. Jalen yeah. Ramsey, for some reason, just didn't have a very good game. You know, I, I imagine he'll bounce back. He's a competitor. I don't see him turning any worse than he did. I mean, he gave up, I think, like 126 yards total uh, when he was targeted. So I don't think it gets any worse than that. But I definitely think that if they can just address the defense, 
you know, get home a little bit more often and just don't give up too many plays behind them. I think that they'll be okay. What doesn't help too, is that a lot of the turnovers that the Rams had were momentum killers and Tyler Higby, I can't stress enough. Those three drops were huge momentum. Like he converts, like I told you two out of those three catches and they move the chains and they have better opportunity to get other players involved or to get better momentum. And they just couldn't. So stuff like that, you know, is tough to see. It is one, it is one game, like you mentioned. So, yeah. you know, thank God one, for football being back. Yeah. <laughs> um, another stat that actually was a little, um, that I think actually means a lot. So both quarterbacks got sacked. Obviously, Matthew Stafford was sacked more. He was sacked seven times in this game. Josh Allen was only sacked twice. But it's the yardage where they lost, which is a little like, okay, that's kind of a big thing too. And that could that could be not only a momentum killer, but um, pretty much just like throw everything that you were going to do on this drive out the window. You just got to try and make up yards and maybe make it a better punt or make it possibly where you can – end up being, you know, uh, close to scoring points, whether it be a field goal or a touchdown. Matthew Stafford was sacked seven times for 49 yards. So basically 50 yards. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen was sacked twice. He only lost five yards. So he's, when he's getting sacked, he's only losing two yards as well. But with, you know, Matthew Stafford, he's losing seven yards every time he's getting sacked. I mean, that's, that's huge. That takes you out of field goal range. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference between a a second and 12 and a second and 17. That's big. I mean, in football, it doesn't seem like it when you think of math. You're like, I mean, it's only a five-yard difference. But it really is a big thing when you talk about football because, you know, what you can do on second and 12, you can basically stick to your game plan. Uh, You know, you just got to make sure you get a couple extra yards when you're on second and 17. You basically have to be like, okay, well, we were going to run on second down. So we're just going to throw it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? So um, I think that's a huge stat and, um, you know, contributed to a lot of what was happening uh, with the Rams. Yeah, I agree. All right, Cody. Well, we have some under over stuff. So I we think do. I got you. I think I sprinkled some, uh, you know, uh, under overs last year that you were kind of like, oh, I'm not sure on. And all yeah. of a sudden you're the one who came up with this and said, hey, let's do some under overs. So uh, I think I think you're starting to like the not I don't want to say that you like betting, but I think you're starting to like the under over numbers. It is interesting. It makes it kind of like, hey. You I know, like the concept and I like yes. trying to predict it. I do. That is the fun part of it. Not, yeah. I, I don't, I don't mess with Vegas numbers or anything like that, which I know a lot of people get their stuff from. I like to just kind of, well, over under this number, over under that yeah. number. I think I like the little neat, the little nuisance of that part of it. Yeah. Well, it, it was fun last year during uh, the playoffs and during the Super Bowl because my mm-hmm. in-laws and all of us were like, hey, let's make the playoffs a little more because we would <laughs> it was really cool. We ended up just going over to my in-laws house every single weekend to watch the playoffs, which was really fun. And so then what we did is we made a printout of under we'd have 10 total questions on. And, you know, obviously in wild card weekend, we had like two questions per wild card game. Uh, and then we'd have like, you know, a few tiebreakers if someone tied and we just did a bunch of under overs or mm-hmm. did like, you know, 
you know, under over uh, Travis Kelsey is going to have over, you know, 75 and a half yards. So you kind of had, we, so we would do that. And then whoever had the most right one, we, we'd all picture in five bucks and one, you know, all the money and there's 13 of us. So do the yeah. math. It's, it's a nice chunky change. So we did that every weekend. It was so fun. We had a great time with it. And I was loving it because they're like, Andrew, you make the questions, print it out, just bring it. And I was like, oh, I'm on it. And I was doing my homework. <laughs> I was like, I was deep diving into it. So that's why I started was like on here. I was like, let's do the under over. So uh, I really like this stuff. It is fun. Uh, would I bet my own money on it? I think if I went to Vegas, I would try it once. But I don't know if I'm that type of person who could do it all the time. Yeah, I just I get nervous when it's my own money. If it's fake money, I'll do it all day. I do it on oh, the yeah. ESPN app. They have like a, a game that you can play, which is pigskin pick them. And they you can do like just the standard pick or you can do the spread. So I always mm-hmm. do the spread and, and I always have fun with that. And I usually do pretty well. on it. So, oh, OK. All right. So, Cody. Uh, we did, we each picked one quarterback, uh, one running back, and one receiver. We mm-hmm. tried not to be homers, so we didn't pick any Raiders, yep. which it, maybe if we have a little time, we can kind of do that. I think uh, I think we can think of them on the spot. Uh, and then we kind of did like, okay, under over how many yardage or how many touchdowns, or mm-hmm. there's one where we have how many games does this person play. So, uh, I think it's interesting. I think it'll be kind of fun for us. So, Cody, why don't you kick us off? Uh, let's start with your quarterback, under mm-hmm. over, and tell us what your under over is. So, my over under is for Lamar Jackson. So, Drew, over under Lamar Jackson getting 15 total touchdowns, including rush and pass. What is yours? 50 total 50. touchdowns. 5 0. I'm going to say under okay, because I feel like he has a good chance of getting 30 passing touchdowns, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be really hard for him to get, you know, around 20 rushing touchdowns. I think he's, I mean, he's a great talent and I'm not saying he's not going to get like, you know, double digit touchdowns in rushing, but I feel like it'll be more like 11 or 12 okay. i don't think it'll be like 20 and i don't think he's going to throw for 40 touchdowns. i just don't think they throw that much where mm-hmm. he's going to end up with 40 passing touchdowns. so i'm going to go with the under what about you i'm going to go with the over i will say he will go over or at the 50 over but i think the reason why is because i agree he'll probably get double digit touchdowns in rushing like maybe 10 to 12 but i do think that he will have a career high in passing touchdowns i think he could get to the 40 plus because I feel like the last few seasons, everyone is aware of Lamar's, uh, you know, being a mobile threat. But I think the the improvement of him throwing the ball around the field is what is going to get him there, obviously, just because that's what he's going to need to be predominantly good at in order to get to this number. I think yeah. he could do it. I mean, 40 touchdowns, 40 passing touchdowns just seems like it could be done. I mean, you know, his offense kind of predicates on what he does success wise. So, I mean he could bait a lot of defenses into him running and then just dump it off to uh, Andrews. You know, maybe Bateman has a breakout game. So I think that there is some opportunity here for him to get to 50. And I think it, I think I'll take the over on that. So. Okay. All right. All right, Cody. So I'll go with, should we go with mine or should we go with your running backs and receivers and then do mine? 
Nope. Do your you quarterback. Okay. All right. So under over Tom Brady, 5,000 passing yards. Are you going over or under? I'm going under. I know he threw for over 5,000 yards last season, but I'm taking the under. I think this is his last season. He does not have uh, Antonio Brown with him this season. Uh, you know, Chris Godwin is coming back from an injury. He has some new weapons. He won't have Gronkowski with him. I think this Tom Brady's last season is going to be under 5,000 passing yards. I am going with the under as well. And I think there's a lot of factors here. Like you said, he lost a few of his trusted receivers. Gronk, uh, there's a story that he may come out. I, I don't know. I have no idea with Gronk. Mm-hmm. But the offensive line has fallen apart. And to me, that means there's going to be a lot more quick passes, which means there's going to be a lot less yardage. There might be a couple that break away. I'm not going to deny that. But, you know, the the big receiver in Mike Evans, I just I don't think he trusts Mike Evans as much as a lot of people think he does. I really mm-hmm. just I don't know. For some reason with Mike Evans, it doesn't seem like him and Tom Brady really click how you want them to. I think he had a really good connection with Chris Godwin, him coming off the injury. Uh, I think he's going to have some struggles. Everyone in in Tampa Bay uh, camp is saying Julio Jones is back. I honestly don't believe that. I feel like it's more like he looks great because of, you know, the things that he's gone through in the last couple Mm -hmm. of years with the teams that he's been on. So everyone's like, Oh, and I feel like they're trying to hype. And it also feels like to me, like it kind of seems like a big grab to try and get people to kind of like look at the Buccaneers, like watch Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. I just, even when he was with like the Titans, he just didn't seem right. Now again, yes, he was with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, and we're talking about Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady. So, you know, figure that one out. But, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's going to be what we think it's going to be like what everyone thinks it's going to be. So I think there's a lot of factors. And then again, I don't, I also don't think they're going to be able to rely on the run. I literally stayed away from any Tampa Bay running back because again, the offensive line is completely depleted. Mm -hmm. I don't trust Leonard Fournette if he doesn't have a pretty decent offensive line. I mean, he's an okay running back. Um, but I think uh, I think they're not going to be able to rely on the run game, so they're going to have to try and throw more. And I think it's going to put Tom Brady in a lot of bad situations. And I just I don't know. I just think there's a lot. And then obviously with his personal life, we all hear the you know we all hear the jokes. Oh, you know Giselle is is living in a different house. She she bought her own house. Uh, you know, are they going to split up? Okay, I I do think that there is something somewhat of value to that and i do think that will mess with his head a little bit because he's never been in this situation um during a season like Mm -hmm. i I know he is divorced um and and obviously remarried with giselle but i i from what i recall i don't remember it being during the season so i i do think that this is going to be somewhat of an issue uh moving forward so i'm gonna go with the under okay all right so Second over under for me. This is our my running back. Andrew, over under Saquon Barkley, twelve hundred rushing yards. Under. Absolutely under. <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even gonna mess with this. Saquon Barkley, I'm done with him. The offensive line is is better than what he has had mm-hmm. uh, last year, but 
he's been getting injured a lot. He's coming off a big injury from last year. Um, I think whether or not he he's not going to be a hundred percent all year long. He's not going to be. Um, and I don't think that's just, I think that's just reality when you come off a circuit. Like I've been playing basketball. I've been going to the gym after my ACL tear. Now these guys are world-class athletes. I'm not trying to compare myself, but I still Mm -hmm. feel like, okay, my knee still can't do certain things. Mm -hmm. And I, no matter what, I think he's still going to go through that. And because everyone who says they come off an ACL injury, they always say, yeah, you know, the year after you're not, where you're wanting to be and then Mm -hmm. it's always the second year after that is when you're back to where you wanted to be so i feel like there's going to be some lingering effects i feel like the giants are going to be going through a quarterback carousel in a in a sense where it's not only daniel jones i think you know Terod taylor even though he's injured right now i think he's going to see some snaps later on in the year and you know we've been saying maybe jimmy garoppolo might be a, a a trade that they need to make. We'll see if that happens. It depends on how Trey Lance plays. So mm-hmm. uh, I just feel like you're not going to get a lot of stability with the Giants this year. And I think Saquon is is going to, you know, suffer for that. Sure. I'm going to go with the over. I think he will get eclipse the, the uh, 1,200 yardage mark. I think, again, as a lot of what you stated, better offensive line than last year. Better head coach. I think we can agree with that. So, which means mm-hmm. better offensive system. I think, you know, he just needs to rush the ball if he if the offensive line can stay healthy and he can stay healthy. And I think it's just a confidence thing. And you and I have both gone through ACL injuries. And yeah, sometimes it is the second year that you get on track. I will also remind you of a player that came immediately back from an ACL injury and won the NFL MVP being Adrian Peterson tore his ACL like one of the last weeks of the previous year was came back for week one and then had over 2000 rushing yards uh, post ACL repair and surgery. And that was, I think like 10 years ago. So, you know, there is something to say that, you know, I think it is a confidence thing, you know, like, sure, you had this huge injury and you're trying to get back, but with the way how medicine is and surgeries and these athletes getting literally the best healthcare that's around the world. I think that does have something to say with innovating medicine procedures to where like an ACL is no longer career threatening what we think anymore. It's now becoming a little bit easier to come back from. There's a lot more players that have experienced it and that have come back and resumed a a healthy playing career. And I think Saquon Barkley will bounce back with the again the new offensive line, the new um, the new head coach. Excuse me. The quarterback situation is a tough one to get past. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I mean, you have Daniel Jones or Taylor. I I personally like Taylor a little bit more just because he has that he's a versatile runner. But again, then you have those offensive weapons like Kenny Galladay. He's going to pay a lot of money to do nothing, which is fascinating <laughs> into itself. Um, and I think, you know, the Giants, in my opinion, are a quarterback away from being like somewhat of a competitive team in the NFC. But I do think that Saquon Barkley can flourish in this offense and be the shining star in a terrible offense, which would not surprise me. So I think I'd go over on the 1,200 yards for him. If it were 1,200 total yards, I'm with you. I, I think that he could he could get there. But 1,200 rushing yards, it just seems like a huge leap from what we've seen the last besides his rookie year from what we've seen ever since in there. So uh, that's why I have a lot of hesitation. Uh, Okay. For me, so my running back, I have 
Under over, Christian McCaffrey plays 13 games. Now, we kind of laughed at this, and it is pretty funny, but uh-huh. it is a serious thing. And actually, it's going to go into uh, one of my uh, pixel here a little bit later. Um, but Christian McCaffrey, under over, plays in 13. I should say not plays, but you know starts in 13 games. What do you think? I'm going to go with the over. I think he will start and play in more than 13 games. I think some of the injuries that he's had have been something that he could come back from at any point during the season when he was deemed healthy. I think a lot of the reasons why the Panthers kept him out was to conserve his body, considering like they weren't making the playoffs. They weren't going to do anything in terms of like striving for any wild card or anything like that. So I think they were just doing it to kind of preserve him. It reminds me a lot of like what the angels did last year with Mike Trout. You know, he had like a calf strain in like the first after like the 20th game of the season. And then they just kept him out the entire year because they weren't playing for anything of importance. And I think that's exactly what the Panthers did with Christian McCaffrey. So I think this year they may have a little bit more freedom in letting him play a lot more. And I don't think he's going to get injured like he did in previous seasons. He'll get banged up, but I don't, I think he will play and start in a, in over 13 games. If I didn't think he was going to start in 13 games, we wouldn't have drafted him in one of our leagues. Yeah, we we need <laughs> so, him to play in all th- yeah. in all seventeen games. <laughs> so I do think he is going to go on the over. Listen, he's been hurt the last two years. Everyone has been making the jokes of you know this guy is brutal, blah blah blah. Listen, I'm not I'm not denying that, but on on what I have excuse me what I have seen with him in over the years, this guy when he's playing, he is absolutely phenomenal. And he will change. He will win you some games. Like, it's rare that you get a running back who will actually, like, help you win games. Like, mm-hmm. will actually put wins on the board for you. Um, that He is special, not only with his running ability, but with his catching ability. That's what makes him just so unique. Um, you know, I know you were on, um, from the Backseat Podcast, um, last week or a couple of weeks ago and um you guys were talking about you know they brought up the lt kind of made the uh the way of running backs catching and running mm-hmm. the football i think christian mccaffrey has perfected it i yeah. i i think he is that good i think he's that special um if i'm if we're talking about running backs nowadays like it's hard to have a running back that you would play the whole game like mm-hmm. you wouldn't really sub him out or like share carries. Christian McCaffrey is one of the very few running backs that you would ever be like, okay, we need to throw in, uh, you know, Chuba Hubbard or, you know, whoever the other back, I think it's uh, Freeman or Foreman. Yeah. I don't remember. I think it's um, Foreman. Okay. So like, they're not going to be like, no, we need to get Foreman. We need to get Foreman. And they're going to be like, mm-hmm. well, if McCaffrey can go, we're, we're just going to keep going. Um, but he is one of those like special talents. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's more of a hope, honestly, but I would, I would bet the over just because the last two years he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's like, it's gotta be something really bad or lingering that would make him miss more of those games. But I, I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think Christian McCaffrey is going to get the over and a little context too. So this will be a sixth season. He's going into his first three season. He's played all the games, all 16 games before they switched to 17. It was just the most recent 2020 season in 2021 where 
He only played three games in 2020, and then he played a total of seven games in 2021. Again, those were injuries. And I even think, uh, I think it's Stefan Bell of ESPN Fantasy. She's not concerned with any of the injury because it's not, it's not career shortening injuries. It's like, they're freak things that have happened. He's had more than enough time now off. They're not even going to affect what he does. So she's like drafted him with a hundred percent confidence, which is exactly what you and I did. So, yep. All right, guys. So moving on to my over under receiver, I picked Debo Samuel over under drew Debo Samuel getting 2000 all purpose yards. How hard was it not to say Samuels? How hard was it? So hard. So hard. Cause I want to say it now after you said that. <laughs> I'm actually going to say under on the 2000 all purpose yards. I, you know, I, I I don't hate if someone would bet the over. I just feel like he wanted he really made a statement that if I'm gonna have to run the football, then mm-hmm. I need it in my contract, you know, type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like incentives. So I don't know. I just feel like he's not really going to run as much. I think they are going to scheme obviously some runs for him. Um, uh, but he was getting like 10, 11 almost 12 carries a game, which was crazy. So I don't think they're going to do that. I think it's going to go down to more like seven or eight type of carries. And then I think he's, he wants to just be mainly a receiver. Um, And so I I, I do believe that, that those rushing yards are going to go down. I do believe his passing yards will go up, but here's another guy who does get injured a lot. And I'm a little worried about that. I kind of, at the same time, would I have been okay if I drafted him in fantasy football? Absolutely. I mean, he's a great talent. But I do worry about his injury history. I mean, I had him last year, and he was in and out of injuries. And I had mm-hmm. to let him go at the in the beginning of the year, which ended up being, like, stupid. But he was getting injured a lot. And there was a couple of games where he didn't finish. And it could have absolutely screwed whoever had him. So, um, you know... I am a little worried with Debo Samuel. He hasn't had too many major injuries, but um, he does get injured, and there are some times where he just doesn't finish games. So uh, that the 2,000 all-purpose yards does kind of scare me, so I would take the under in that. Yeah. I am unfortunately going to have to agree with you. I think I'm going to go with under on it as well. Not that I don't think he's capable of doing it. I would not I would not be surprised if he does get it. But again, just like what you mentioned, he's injury-prone. I think that the 49ers are going to use more of, uh, you know, they're going to use uh, Elijah Mitchell a lot more. They're going to use Jeff yeah. Wilson Jr. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot more packages for Trey Lance because he is more of a mobile quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. So, you know, that's going to take up a lot of carries. I Trey Sermon, too. Yeah, and I agree. Like, Debo Samuel may get five carries. But, I mean in fairness to him last season when he touched the ball in a backfield, he was the most electric runner that they had. So when he has the ball, he's dangerous that hands down, but I agree. I think he's going to be more served in the, in the offensive passing game for Trey Lance. Cause I think he has the most chemistry with him. And plus, uh, you know, I see him needing to take pressure off of Brandon. Ayuk. or defenses are going to scheme for uh, Debo Samuel more than Ayuk, which means, you know, Brandon, I, you could have a breakout season, which everyone's been waiting for. So I think that will cut into a lot of the production because, I mean, Debo Samuel's going to need about 10 carries. He's going to need to do about 60 to 80 yards rushing yeah. per game to just get to the 500 or 700 mark. 
and that's if he doesn't get 1300 uh receiving yards and you know i think he barely got 1400 last season and that was with jeremy garoppolo who's a good quarterback trey lance we're not quite sure how good of a quarterback he's going to be so there's a lot of questionable factors and i would agree i think i'm going to go on the under on the 2000 all-purpose yards all right so last one is for me is uh michael thomas under over a thousand receiving yards this year for the saints I'm going to go with the over. I think I think he'll go off to a slow start just because it'll be almost two years since he's seen the field. But I do think that when he was on the field with Jameis Winston, he had pretty good chemistry. And I think he's going to be the best receiver on that team. And I would not be surprised if Chris Olave is second best just because he's a really talented rookie and he could, he could have a breakout season too. But Uh, Going back to Thomas, I think he will get the thousand yards. I think he's a talented receiver. He's a very good route runner. And I think he will make Jameis Winston look like an MVP candidate just because I think as long as Jameis Winston can find Thomas, Thomas is going to bring in the ball. My only concern, though, again, is can Thomas stay on the field? Because, you know, again, he missed a, a great deal of football the last couple of seasons and he is known to be a little injury prone. So you got to stay on the field, but I think he can do it. I think if, if he manages to stay healthy, there's a lot of weapons around him. And I think, you know, he, I think him and Winston have a a really good connection to make it happen. I agree in the sense that I think they can do, I think he can do it. Um, I would actually take the under though. Um, I'm a little worried about the saints team as you know, we did our predictions, which I was way lower than I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm still mad at myself for that. But listen, there's a lot of offensive weapons on this team. Now, it's not Sean Payton who's calling these plays. Uh, It is Dennis Allen, who's a defensive-minded head coach. Um, Jameis Winston is without Sean Payton. We'll see how he does protecting the football that's a big concern of mine and then also Winston is a guy who knows how to spread the ball around which is a good thing uh for a quarterback but it's not a good thing if you're uh you know really trusting in Michael Thomas a lot um you know you have a Chris Olave as you mentioned a Jarvis Landry an Alvin Kamara uh you know these guys are are really still really great players i mean Jarvis Landry is probably one of the better receiving um, wide receivers in the league. Like he just big receptions every time, mm-hmm. um, and and he's just an, like one of those old reliable type guys. So, um, but you know, I just I worry about the offensive weapons that they have. I worry about James Winston, and I worry about Dennis Allen. So to me, I feel safer about taking the under now. Michael Thomas, do I think he's going to be a big red zone target? I absolutely do. I actually think he'll have a fairly high um, touchdown, uh, touchdown rece- receiving touchdowns, excuse me, um, this year. And I, I think I would bet an over whatever it is. But for me personally, I just feel like um, I just feel like, you know, Michael Thomas, it's a safe bet right now especially what you said. He's missed the last two years. And in, right now, he's still kind of injured. Um, yeah. He has they've been talking about that he may miss week one. So that's yeah. kind of, a, that's kind of a, a red flag for me as well. So I would take the under in, in this one. 
Okay, right on. All right, Drew, before we go to break, let's go ahead and get some baseball out there. So give me your top five power rankings for the MLB. All right, so it's a little different. Uh, a lot of the same teams as last time I did this. So I have the Dodgers at number one. No surprise there. They're leading the league in, in um, run differential and have the biggest uh, – the biggest – why do I talk like this? <laughs> they, have, they have the most wins <laughs> this year. The great uh, team. <laughs> this is the greatest team you've ever seen. Um, and then you have <laughs> – the Houston Astros, who just all of a sudden have really caught on fire. Um, mm-hmm. Surprisingly, they're only five games behind the Dodgers for best record in baseball. So uh, kind of uh, kind of a sneaky team that I don't think is being talked about enough. Yeah. Um, and then I have the Atlanta Braves, who came out of nowhere. And, I mean, I don't even remember what the largest – but I remember they were in like double digits behind the Mets at one point. Yeah. And they were still a great team. They just weren't winning as much as the Mets, but the Mets have kind of slowed down and the Braves have caught fire. They're on an eight-game win streak. They are actually, I believe they are third in run differential. Yes. One, two, no, I'm sorry, fourth in run differential um, in in baseball. So uh, that's a number that is huge, just, which means, you know, your offense is scoring a ton of, ton of runs and your pictures aren't giving it up. So that's what you want. Um, and then the Mets, I have at four. I This is what I was worried about with the Mets. They seem mm-hmm. to do this every single year. Now I think they're going to get in the playoffs, and they're going to be a tough team to play. But when you go from Jacob deGrom, uh, Max Scherzer, then you kind of have Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett, I really like, but he's had some real stinkers this year. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little worried about it. And then I don't think their bullpen is all that great. Other than Diaz and um, oh, Adovino, who's mm-hmm. been really good for them. Um, this is a team that can score runs, though. So this is still going to be a good team. But this is what I was worried about. And I feel like the Mets had a chance to kind of keep the Braves down or kick them while they're down. And they really didn't do that. And now they might see they might have to see the Braves in, in postseason. And you never want to see a team in your division, let alone a rival, in the postseason. As the Dodgers will definitely tell you about that from last year playing the Giants, where we completely took the win out of the Dodgers' sale because it was such a rivalry game. It was such an emotional game. It took so much of these players to win these games. They were gassed by the time they went and played Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my number five team, I have the New York Yankees. I mean, what, what else to say other than they've been tanking pretty, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. uh, not doing great. Um, but the run differential is still there. So that's why I'm going to hang on to them. But I did really think about putting them at six and putting, um, the, uh, St. Louis Cardinals at five, because now they're starting to kind of gain a little bit of momentum here and there. Yeah. So, but uh, I, I'm going to stick with the Yankees. All right. I like it. I'm the Braves, man. Man, they are a scary team to think about. And it's kind of funny about the Mets is the Mets are doing what the Mets do, which is they have a lot of hype behind them and then they're just kind of falling apart. So I got a little follow-up question for you, though, if you're okay answering it. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you because, again, our – our fellow podcasters who are Padres fans, 
you know, they as soon as the Juan Soto trade happened, they figured they were going to the playoffs. Right now, they're <laughs> they're not even in the wild card for the second position, from what it looks like. The Phillies are uh, they are technically they okay, are so it's still in the postseason. Yeah, there's okay. six teams th- that get in. So three three spots. Yeah. Okay. Do you think the Brewers are going to hop them, or do you think they'll hang on? <sighs> the tough thing for San Diego right now is they're playing the Dodgers. So they're yeah. going to look a lot worse than what they should. Um, God, man. You know, I, I think they're still going to hang on. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, I think their pitching is starting to get better. I mean, honestly, Josh Hader, as he's pitching right now here in the top of the ninth as we're recording this, yeah, um, he's actually kind of started to gain a little bit of momentum. He finally got that first save out of the way. So I do feel like um, that's, a, that's a good thing. Uh, the Brewers really kind of traded away their guys more so to be like, we're kind of in the playoff push, but we're not. Mm-hmm. But the next games that they play, they play – Seattle Mariners, who are a good team. They play the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are a good team. The uh, Cardinals, who are in the lead for the NL Central. Uh, They play the Rockies, who are dog poo poo. Um, (laughs) Then they play another series against the Dodgers. Uh And then they play the White Sox, who are not an easy out. And then they finish off with the Giants. So this is a pretty tough schedule for the Padres. So there is a there is a way that I can see where the Padres don't make it. Yeah. I do see that there is a possibility. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think, uh, you know, they're going to win uh, at least one of those, you know, I think they'll win the Diamondback series. Um, obviously, like I said, the Rockies. I think they'll beat the White Sox. Um, I think the White Sox are a good team, but uh, they're very inconsistent. Um, so I just I just think that they're going to win more of their games than lose, and and I think ultimately where they are in the position that they're in, they're three and a half above Milwaukee. So as long as they kind of keep that distance, they'll be okay. Um, you know, it's just a little bit of a of a bummer to to see two NLS teams, not yeah. one of them being the Giants, of course. But I do feel like you know Mike Clevenger he's looked a lot better this year um you know obviously Manny Machado has been phenomenal uh this team you know could have really used Fernando Tatis i mean you're seeing this team is kind of playing like they don't have a lot of um just they're not having fun right now like they're just mm-hmm. trying to figure things out and i feel like if you had Tatis there that would actually kind of mend that that um you know opening because um Tatis has so much fun you kind mm-hmm. of forget oh I gotta figure out what this guy does blah 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 you know yeah. you just kind of like hang out enjoy yourself play some baseball and oh by the way we're in a playoff push and eventually it finally starts sinking in but hopefully by that time you've kind of figured a lot of things out and I just don't yeah. think that the Padres have that right now I don't think they've had that and honestly Juan Soto hasn't been fantastic for yeah. the Padres he hasn't been great um, you know, Josh Bell, in my opinion, has, I felt like has been playing better than Juan Soto. I think he's been the better player so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Soto still walks a lot. Um, he's been getting some base hits. He's been hitting some home runs here and there, but, um, I think that is something that, uh, if you're a Padre fan, you're kind of like, 
is he even going to stay? Like, is he even all yeah. in on our team? So I think well, that he has, is something he's that on a, is... He has three more years left on his current deal, right? Or is it two? Two years. I think it's two years, yeah. Okay. Just kind of crazy how it's all kind of unfolding. But, you know, I uh, yeah. I think next week maybe we'll talk a little bit about the Giants and maybe what they need to do in the offseason next year just because this season has... Sign not been someone. There, yeah. There's your answer. Sign someone of value. Well, two Someone things: resign Carlos name. Rendon, resign yes. Carlos Rendon, yeah. and then go after a big bat because we need something in the lineup, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Rodon got the loss today, but he still struck out eleven. I mean, yeah, he's and doing need, what he can. And we need defense too. We need defense yeah. desperately. So, carrying yeah. <laughs> judge. <laughs> All right, Drew, send us to break. All right. When we come back, we are going to talk a little bit more about football. This is going to be our AFC West predictions. So stay tuned, and uh, hopefully it'll be a little quicker than this this first part. But not too quick. All right, guys. So um, we have our AFC West predictions. Um, we have done every single division. We saved the best for last. Uh, my rankings definitely show that this is the best division in football. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually we, we were talking about maybe doing our, uh, Super Bowl predictions, which I think we will probably do another, maybe next week or something. But, yeah. um, I actually did not pick an AFC West team because I just feel like the AFC West is such a gauntlet that it's going to be hard to not only like win in that division, but now it's going to be hard to just <laughs> like, be good in the playoffs like not be completely gassed or not have a ton of injuries so mm-hmm. um you know that that's kind of a little foreshadowing but i do think that this asc west division is freakishly good yeah all right well so we started we went uh we, we always go four to one um mm-hmm. so cody i'll have you kick it off who is your fourth place team in the asc west and why and record <sighs> okay well this is um this is going to be probably controversial just because this team, again, all these teams are stacked. We'll just start off with that. And it's really difficult to pick a last place team. And it's going to be very difficult to pick a first place team just because these teams are probably all four teams are probably as evenly matched as it's going to get. And, uh, you know, an argument could be made that a Super Bowl team could come out of this division. So, <sighs> okay. Fourth place with a 10 and seven record. I have the Kansas city chiefs. I, I think, can't believe that. I can't believe that. I think the Tyreek Hill loss is going to be a huge one. Now, I'm not saying that they're not going to be a good offensive team, but they don't have a great defense. They don't, they don't really have a pass rusher that is as elite as the other three teams in their division. And I think Patrick Mahomes is a good quarterback. I'm, I'm sorry, not good, a great quarterback. But I do think that losing a player like Tyreek Hill is going to change your offense. I don't know how yeah. much of the run game is going to be effective just because I think Tyreek Hill stretched that field so much that you got Kelsey open looks. You were able to dump off to running backs. Last season, the Chiefs were had to be a Duncan Dink kind of a team because – Teams were starting to figure out that if you don't let them get uh, down the field too much and you let a lot of time go, then the pass rush can get to Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes made a lot of mistakes with the football. He had a career high in, I think it was interceptions last season. And I think a lot of it is because, you know, all that 
all that ab living that he would do down the field and then finding Tyreek Hill, people were scouting for that. They were waiting for it. So it wasn't a surprise anymore. And I think it really changed the dynamic of that offense last season. And I really think that this season losing Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, is that is that big of a deal. Now, uh, getting Smith Schuster is a is a good recovery. You know, they do still have um, some other pieces from years before. They do still have Travis Kelsey. So, you know, he's elite in himself and he'll be there. But, you know, is Juju Smith-Schuster enough to replace Tyreek Hill? Sky Moore, the rookie, is he going to be someone that could help with production? McColt Hartman, is he going to be that that uh, receiver that stretches the field? And is he going to be reliable enough for that? So those are a lot of the questions I have. But, you know, I just think that the Chiefs, with what they have, I, I just think that they are a team that will still win a bunch of games. I mean, 10 games is not something to snuff at, but I just don't think that they will – win this division. And I think the Broncos, the Raiders and the chargers all made moves that kind of, if not made them even eclipse the chiefs, in my opinion. The reason I was shocked is because I a hundred percent agree. I have the chiefs at 10 and seven <laughs> at four. Wow. I, I think, I think that was crazy. That was the same record, same spot and everything. And, and exactly what you said, man, they lost, they lost their, their top, I mean, you could argue that Travis Kelsey is, is the was the better offensive player, but I think Tyreek Hill changed how you guarded the Chiefs. So, in my yeah. opinion, I think Tyreek Hill was their best offensive player. Obviously, yeah. minus Patrick Mahomes. Come on, let's right. not let's not go tit for tat on that one. Um, but um, you know, Tyreek Hill losing that that I mean, yeah, you got Marquez Valdez Scantling, but you know, he's not Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek right. Hill was was some fast receiver that we just had never really seen before that had the type of speed at the size that he was. And you just thought, you know, you looked at him and, and now I wasn't the hugest, biggest fan of Tyree kill. I always thought that he had some weird games where he just dropped a, a few balls and it was just like so weird. And I didn't think he was the best at tracking, you know, the deep ball when it's kind of like, when he has to get turned around, if it's not a perfectly thrown ball, he does struggle a little bit, in my opinion. So, um, you know, I do think you're going to kind of lose a little bit of that, which isn't all that bad. But at the same time, you're going to lose a lot of the who's going to take the top off. You know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, yeah, you're going to do a couple of those with him. Um, you know, Juju Smith, as much as I think he's a good receiver, I, I don't think he's what filled the need. I don't, I think he just kind of was like, I don't know. I think you could see him do the production that Sammy Watkins had with the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also could see where, you know, he could be the Sammy Watkins of like, you know, the Ravens the last couple of years that he was there. So I just feel like it, it, it's one or the other, you know, Juju right now, like I've already talked enough about, I'm a little worried about him just because um, I do feel like we saw what he could do when he had a, a top receiver with like Antonio Brown and with the Steelers. And now you're kind of going with Travis Kelsey, but mm-hmm. it could be a little different. You know, Antonio Brown was a guy who could do a lot of different things. Travis Kelsey is not going to burn you with his, with his legs. He's going to burn you with his, with his smarts and uh, his route running and his catches. So, Right. Uh, and then I feel like they got worse on defense. I know a lot of people love Chris yeah. Jones. A lot of people love Frank Clark. Listen, I, I, I understand those guys are, 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 are good players, but 
I think losing Tyron Matthew on an already really sketchy secondary is not going to make you better. And I think they've gotten worse. I don't think they Mm -hmm. did it. They didn't do anything to really address their secondary. So for me, and they were talking about this. I can't think of the cornerback. I think it's Ward uh, that they have. They were talking a Uh lot about like, oh, he's their number one guy. This guy has been really good. And I, I mean, every time the Raiders faced him, I didn't really see him do anything spectacular or like, man, you can't throw on this guy. I, I felt yeah. like there were a couple of plays he made that were good and he got burned on, on a few other plays. So yeah. it was just, I don't know. I, I, I think they're just trying to sell it. And to me, I think the secondary is really, really bad. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think if they go against a, an average uh, offensive line, I don't think they can get to the quarterback uh, without having a blitz and leaving a guy open. So, uh, I do think that this defense is a lot worse than what it was. I think everyone is in love with Patrick Mahomes, as they should. He's a phenomenal player. He's mm-hmm. one. Of, he's one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the league. Um, and um, you know, he's gotten worse with what he has around him. I mean, Kelsey is older. We don't know if he's going to still be as productive as he always is. Um, you know, like we said, Junior Smith. There's a lot of question marks. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Who knows? They like the rookie Sky Moore, uh, mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards Alaire. Um, you know, I think he's going to have a big year because, as you said, they're going to probably dump off short stuff a lot more. And I think Clyde yeah. Edwards Alaire is going to benefit from that. But I, I just, I, I have a lot more worries with this Chiefs team than I do with any other AFC West team. So that's why I have them at four. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All those weapons you were naming off too all have injury problems too. You know, yeah. So that's another thing is who's going to stay healthy. So why don't, why don't you tell us who your third place team is now? Okay. So um, I have a three way tie (laughs) (laughs) for first place. Um, (laughs) I'm going to just, I'm going to put them in order that I think they will finish. uh, Cause I don't think these records are all going to hold up. I think there's going to be a few different losses here and there, but I, I do feel strongly about the Chiefs being at 10 and seven. So that one won't change, but the Denver Broncos I have at 13 and four at three. Um, listen, I, I think they, obviously they got better. You got Russell Wilson. You lost, you lost Drew Locke. You, you added Russell Wilson. That's a win. Um, but I do feel like the defense is going to be a little more sus. If I, if I can use the teenage word, what those youngins are saying, um, (laughs) I, I don't know, man. I, I worry about Cortland Sutton staying healthy. I don't Mm -hmm. like the Denver Broncos offensive line as much as a lot of people do. I think they're, they're a little sketchy. Um, and then Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I, I like Melvin Gordon. I think he's a good running back, but he doesn't scare me week to week. And Javante Williams, I, I don't know. Maybe I just hadn't watched a lot of Broncos games, but I'm just not really sold on him. I, I mm-hmm. think he had a nice year. I'm not saying he was terrible or anything, but it felt like he was 50-50 with Melvin Gordon, and I felt like that was the right thing to do. And I don't mm-hmm. see why you would go away from that. Now, they got an offensive-minded head coach, so I do feel like the offense is going to make a you know take a step forward. Mm-hmm. But – you know, besides Jerry Judy, you know, Cortland Sutton has dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, I, I'm not really a fan of their tight end right now. I mean, he'll probably mm-hmm. have some catches because Russell Wilson does use his tight ends quite a bit. 
But really, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, I'm not really sold on either of those guys right now. And then, like I said, the defense, I don't know, man. I I do like their secondary. I think their secondary is good. But now you went from a defensive-minded head coach, and that's why that defense was a top-five defense, to now I'm a little worried because now they're focusing a lot on offense, and I feel like that defense is going to be – uh, a little sus towards uh, allowing some big plays. So, yeah. And I think those big plays will actually end up losing them a few more games. So that's my concern with the Denver Broncos. Overall, I think they're going to be a tough team. Listen, yeah. I, I love Russell Wilson. I think he's at least a top five quarterback in the league. It blows my mind that there are people out there who are putting him like not even top 10. Listen, you look at, you can't look at, he left Seattle, and you say, oh, Seattle is going to be absolute, absolutely terrible. Uh-huh. And then in the same breath say, well, it, you know, Russell Wilson, he's not that good. Yeah. You, you cannot be serious with that. Seattle was terrible. They literally have the same team, actually got better, and are still predicted to lose way more games than they are to win. And they were like, what, 7-9, and 7-10 last year? Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have been there. Like, yeah, you could talk about, oh, but they had Bobby Wagner. Yeah, Bobby Wagner, he's he's like 40. I mean, he's he, and he was their best defensive guy. Like you don't want that as your defensive anchor. Mm-hmm. And um Russell Wilson literally had to hold up he made it this way this is another thing. He made a guy who played defensive line in Will Disley a tight mm-hmm. end and it was making him a top 10 tight end in fantasy and in the league because yeah. Russell Wilson knows what to do with the football. So, I I mean, I know he doesn't run as much anymore, but he still has that capability when he needs to. Mm -hmm. I I guess I'm weird because I like Russell Wilson. So, Uh, (laughs) But I'm going to put the Broncos at three. Wow. So I do also have the Broncos in third place, but I don't have the record at 13 and four. I have the record at uh, 11 and six. A lot of the same reasons, though, that you said. I don't think that their defense is as dominant as what people are anticipating it going to be. I imagine that their secondary is probably going to be their strong suit. Now they did sign uh, Randy Gregory from uh, the Cowboys. He was an all pro uh, linebacker. Well, he's listed as a linebacker, but he plays more of a defensive end role. Yeah. But um, you know, he's a great pass rusher. Uh, They have him paired with uh, Bradley Chubb, which Bradley Chubb, I think this is going to be a a really interesting year for him, how he's going to do with some help on the, on the edge. But I don't I, I kind of agree with you though in terms of the defense. I think, you know, this defense is a little bit more suspect than people give it credit for. I think they're thinking it's gonna be this elite top ten defense, and I don't see it being top ten. I see this defense is gonna be a very good defense, but you know, again, a lot of it is gonna be predicated on the offense. If the offense can stay on the field, it's not a problem. But Again, if the receivers can't stay healthy, and I'm talking Judy, Sutton, and then I think they have uh, K.J. Hampler is their third receiver right now because Tim Patrick is out. Um, You know, if if they can all stay healthy, then, yeah, it works out great. But, you know, with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon splitting carries, I actually think they should go primarily Williams. I think he's the more dynamic back, in my opinion. But his role, you're right, last season was more of a split situation. And this... All this whole team just seems like it's fairly new. So they're going to need some time to gel. I don't think that they're going to be a division winning. I don't think that they're going to be a Super Bowl contender quite yet. I do like Russell Wilson a lot. He's 
for sure like a top 10 quarterback in the league, especially with the career he's had. But I think there is going to be a learning curve. We're really going to see now if he's really that quarterback or he was just benefiting from a really good system. You know, so we will definitely see. But I think that the Broncos are going to be very good. They're going to definitely improve from last season. But I just don't see them quite getting over that hump yet. I see them as being a season away or, you know, something something else just needs to happen. But we'll find out when this regular season starts. But I just don't see them as the number one or the number two team yet. I have them in third place. And like I said, at 11 and six. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that. So why don't you go with your number two team? Okay, so one and two are tied for the same record. I'm just going to preface it with that. So really, it's a coin flip on who's going to finish one or two, however the tiebreaker is going to do. I did this very similar to the NFC West division, so I'm just prefacing it's the same way. I have the Chargers finishing the division at two, just because I'm like that, at 12 and five. So I see them having one game better than the Broncos. Um you know, this team without question is probably the probably the most difficult team in this division that the that our Raiders will face for sure. All these teams are phenomenal. Like I said, you know, we're probably looking at the number one team in the AFC or actually I think any of these four teams are probably two through five technically in the AFC bills being the number one AFC in the te- uh, team in the conference, so to speak. But I think the Chargers on paper look really good. Yes, they have really good, you know, edge rushers. You know, yes, their um, corners look amazing. You know, J.C. Jackson, you and I were campaigning for him to go to the Raiders this offseason. But outside of those, you know, this defense gave up, what is it, the fifth most rushing yards all of last season. I don't know if they go, if they improve that much in defending the run. I think that they will get to the quarterback a little bit more, but I think too, they will come across some teams that have really good run schemes and can they address those? Will they be able to stop the runs? I like this offense a lot too. This offense is arguably top three in the league just because Justin Herbert has an electric arm and Mike Williams and him has this connection. You predicted that he will have a breakout season with Herbert again. Keenan Allen is still there who, a lot of players in the league recognize is still a top 10 receiver. We may not, but a lot of players in the league recognize him as, again, for a lot of his route running and his veteranship. Hmm. And they have Austin Eckler in the backfield, who is a dynamic running back. Not mm-hmm. taking anything away from them. I just think that on paper, there's a lot of hype. They're still a young team. They, they, need, they have not tasted success yet, and I think that there's going to be some growing pains. I think there'll be times where they play games that they think they have it in the bag and then they lose them because maybe they just weren't, they weren't sharp enough or they took it for granted in my opinion. And I think every team is susceptible to that, but I think the chargers for sure, because a lot of people are picking the chargers to represent the AFC or at least get to the AFC conference final uh, conference championship game. And I'm not saying that they won't get there, but I do think that there is some growing pains with this team and they could make a huge leap, but I think they are not going to go 15 and two. I don't think they're going 14 and three. I think that they will be a modest 12 and five, which is still a huge improvement from last season, considering our Raiders, you know, beat them to get into the playoffs and they were at home on the couch. So yeah, I, I think the chargers will finish in second place at a 12 and five record. I think is still a great record. And, 
I have them making the playoffs, whether it be by wild card or division winning. So I'm just prefacing by that. But just because this is my show and I'm a homer, I have them in second place. <laughs> um, so I was a little more realistic. No, um, I wasn't because my records are crazy. But um, <laughs> I have the Raiders in, in second place at 13 and four. Um, I don't think they got they didn't get worse on defense, but their secondary is a little concerning for me. And their linebacking core minus Danzel Perryman to me is a little worrisome as well. Um, so hopefully, um, you know, Patrick Graham, our, our defensive coordinator, um, can really scheme these guys. Now, this guy came from the Giants, and honestly, we were still talking about the New York Giants, even though they were one of the worst teams in the league, as one of, as a really tough defense. Like you weren't scoring a ton of points on them, and that's what makes me a little more like, okay, this could actually be a pretty good team. Um, but I do worry that they could. This is what I did with the AFC West. I had literally every single team splitting games in the AFC West. I yeah. don't have any favorites to like, you know, get in, maybe get, you know, a, a sweep in, in here. I, I really have them all split because I was just like, I don't know. But I was looking at the schedule. I mean, for example, the Raiders schedule. I, I don't see the Raiders being an underdog other than the like Rams game. I feel like, you know, when they play the Rams, they'll obviously, I think the Rams are going to be the favorite team, but Besides that, I, I see the Raiders being the favorites in every other game. I mean, they face the Cardinals. I think the I think the that game could go either way, but it's in Vegas, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see another team. They face the Saints in New Orleans, but you know, I, I do think that Las Vegas is a is a better team than the Saints are. Uh, they face the Colts, but that's gonna again that's gonna be in Vegas. So I I think that's favorited to the Raiders. Um, I already mentioned that they played the Rams, you know, Patriots, Steelers. I don't think I need to really uh, talk much about that. And then the Niners, again, that's in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And that's against a rookie, technically, in my opinion, rookie quarterback in Trey Lance. So uh, assuming, of course. Now, if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm going to feel a little like, okay, there, there might be, this might be a game that the Raiders could lose, but overall, I just think the Raiders are favorited in a lot of these games. My only concern is that secondary I've, I, and, and the linebacking core, that defensive line is good. I think Chandler Jones is being so disrespected yeah. by everyone and no one is like considering the Raiders with this great passer. So like, Oh yeah, Chandler Jones is good. And Max Crosby is really good. Um, but, uh, you know, there's nothing else. And it's like, okay, Chandler Jones two years ago with the Arizona Cardinals on a crap Arizona Cardinals team was Mm -hmm. leading the league in sacks last year. He got hurt this year and he got, and he was healthy at the end of the year. So this year he's coming in pretty much healthy and ready to go and has another guy on the other side and Max Crosby, who Mm -hmm. has, in my opinion, and you know, I will go to my grave with this. I think he's better than Nick Bosa. I think he's he's outplayed Nick Bosa in everything. Everyone just talks about Nick Bosa because he's this high draft pick. Well, you know what? Max Crosby was a third, fourth round pick, and he's doing the exact same things and actually a little bit more with a worse Raider team 
Uh, and now this year, I think the Raiders are the better team, and you're going to start seeing why Max Crosby is this absolute beast. So mm-hmm. to me, I think the Raiders are a really good team. They obviously got better with Devontae Adams. You and I, we've talked ad nauseum of Derek Carr. I don't think we need to go any further. I think mm-hmm. they got better at the running back position. I did love Kenyon Drake, but Zamir White is a young running back who wasn't used absolutely a ton with Georgia, so he mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires. So he's, he's still a guy who has a lot of energy, um, who's going to really change uh, what the Raiders are, are going to be doing. Uh, and then you have Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. I mean, and this team, man, it's, it, yeah. I know the offensive line is being disrespected. I'm not actually as concerned as a lot of people. They're like outside of Colton Miller, who do they have? Well, Andre James actually proved last year that he can really hold down the fort. Um, and uh, they've had a lot of these offensive linemen move around last year. So Mm -hmm. this year they're comfortable with where they're going. They just have to get used to the offensive scheme. And I think it seems like the Raiders have been really getting it done. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I I really believe in this Raider team, but I will put them at two just because I do think the chargers are that good. I do think that the chargers it's, we would be, we would be dumb to admit that they got better. They did mm-hmm. get better. I do agree with you, though. There is the issue of can they still stop the run? Uh, I forget who was telling me that they're like, well, you know, Khalil Mack is more of like a run stopper. No, he's more no. of a pass rusher. Yeah. But anyway, believe me, we had him. Um, he's He can stop the run. I'm not saying he can't. He's yeah. a phenomenal player. And then you stack him with uh, Joey Bosa. And then um, Derwin James, if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. JC Jackson has already proven that he can't stay healthy because he's going to miss week one, which I'm a little upset about that. I was kind of really <laughs> hoping to see what he could do against Devonte. I was really licking my chops at that, but yeah. um, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I really believe that. Yes. I wanted JC Jackson. Of course, I think he's a phenomenal corner, but I do feel like JC Jackson Jackson does take a lot of risks. Mm-hmm. And so he's a high risk, high reward type player. But also when you have that high risk, high reward type guy, you also have this high risk and really bad feet. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I think uh, he's, he's going to get burned a few times because I think he's going to a way better division than what he was in last year. Yeah. Quick question. Um, what was JC Jackson's previous team? The New England Patriots. Where did Josh Daniels come from? The New England Patriots. So who do you think he saw every day at practice and can probably figured him out a little bit during practices? The New England Patriots. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would have I I think I can't wait until the second matchup for the Raiders and Chargers if JC Jackson is um healthy because uh, again, as is Raider fans campaign for him. We definitely wanted him on the team. We're not making any bones about that. We're not saying that he wasn't a great player, that we didn't want him. But I do think that we have a little bit of the advantage if the offensive coordinator for the said Patriots went against him who was on the defense week after week after week. I'm pretty sure he would have picked up some tendencies of what he goes for, what he doesn't go for, how to expose him a little bit. So just Cody, don't give me hype up, man. Don't give me hype, man. just 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 a quick thought there. So I, so again, my bias self, I do have the Raiders again, tied with the chargers for one for spot one and two. So I have the Raiders finishing at it also a 12 and five record. 
whether that's first place or second place, it's a tie. But a lot of the same reasons that you said, I see the Raiders being favored in a lot of the teams. Now there is one weird game that I do have them losing in. And the only reason why is just because again, sometimes our Raiders just have those dumb losses. Can't explain them. They just happen. In my opinion, I think when we go to Jacksonville, that's going to be one of those dumb losses. At least that's what I pegged just because it's in Florida. I think that the Jaguars are going to be an interesting team. And I think the Raiders are going to probably take them for granted. But I do think that we get back on track. And just like what you mentioned, I have them splitting all the games with their division. So three and three off the bat is basically where I had them starting. And then I went from there. I do agree with you. I think the Rams are probably the only team I favor above the Raiders when they play. And it is in SoFi Stadium. So it's an LA LA game, which I think will actually be super fun. But I do see the the Rams winning that game towards the end of the season. But I do have the Raiders in a really good spot. I cannot tell you how excited I am for the Derek Carr and Devontae Adams connection that's going to happen. Hunter Winfro, I think, is also being underrated. And in my opinion, he's being a little disrespected. A lot of people think yeah. that he's not going to get the same production. I think he's going to get more of a production, if anything. I think the pressure is going to be all on – I don't want to say pressure. Excuse me. I think all of the attention will go to Adams because you have to respect Adams. Yeah, Adams is the number one receiver statistically in the NFL and defenses are going to respect that. They're not going to say, oh, you know, we're going to put our best guy on him, all that. No, they will scheme to double him to make sure that he doesn't go off. And that just means that Waller, Winfro, I would even say Josh Jacobs has an opportunity. That's not even including some of the other receivers that the Raiders have gotten in their receiving core. Mac Hollins, who is a now a captain, he could probably be a receiver that is a breakout player because the Raiders love their breakout receivers. Zay Jones was a breakout receiver. Derek Carr got Zay Jones paid by Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Same thing with uh, with uh, Nelson. What's his first name? Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar. He got him paid in New England as well. And so they take these receivers and get the best out of them. And I think that the the Raiders receiving team is probably in the top five in terms of just collected talent. Um, I agree with you on the defense though. They're outside of Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. We still have a problem with interior pressure. Our linebacker outside of Perryman is, is weak. And I would also argue like, We've gotten a lot of great reviews from Nate Hobbs in the secondary, but outside of that, we really don't have any cornerback support. Now, I'm hoping just like what you are, Patrick Graham has these guys coached up and really performing at an extremely high level that we've never seen before, which is very possible. And to say, too, we do have Rob Ryan as another like defensive head that is on the defense as well, which we haven't had since the days back in the early 2000s when they were known for their defense. So I will say that. But again, I think the Raiders aren't always known for their defense. We just need the defense to not give up the big plays, which they've done for years. We just need them to to bend but don't break, which is very much what the Patriots defense was a lot of like. Not elite, but they won't give up the big plays and they'll keep it in front of them. But last season when the Raiders had a big play receiver or somewhat of a number one threat, we arguably had a top five offense and we probably had 
a better record than what we should have ended with. I think if Henry Ruggs didn't make a terrible decision and he was still on the team and we had the offense the way it's supposed to be, we probably would have ended up with like an 11 and six, maybe a 12 and five record just because our offense was really, really good and it was really synced up. But with all the distractions that happened, we probably lost like three games that was just because we had a lot of distractions going on, but we turned it around and with what we thought was lesser talent still made the wild card over better competition. Now you add better receiving uh, and offensive weapons. I think that's going to elevate us. And this team, in my opinion, is extremely, extremely hungry. They are they are ready to prove everybody wrong. And I'm ex- I'm very excited for them. I haven't been this excited for a Raiders season in a really long time just because there's been a lot of years where there's a lot of chatter about, oh, yeah, this and that, this and that. And I'm always the first one to say, I'll wait until I see it. Just yeah. because I've heard this hype and I'm tired of it, this season feels different. And I've said that since McVay's hire, and I've said that since Ziggler's hire. Or, excuse me, not McVay, McDaniels. McDaniels. And, pardon me. And I really think that this season, this franchise change is going to be a positive turnaround for this franchise. And I I see that this Raiders team is going to make a lot of noise in this division. And they are going to surprise people. All these people talking trash on the Raiders, they are going to have to, I hope they keep that same energy when the Raiders are one of the best teams in the AFC and they have deadly weapons. And I bring up the Henry Ruggs point and the offense because Devontae Adams is a hundred times better than what Henry Ruggs is. And he's now connected with his former college quarterback, which by the way, if you don't, if you didn't watch Fresno State football, like we did, they that broke was, a few records. That was an elite connection. Yeah. And now that just continues in a, in the NFL now, which we can agree that they have exponentially gotten better since college. So, mm-hmm. That's what I'll say, and that's what my argument is for the Raiders being first at 12-5. and five. So this is my argument for having the Chargers at 13-4. and four. Like I said, I have a three-way tie. Um, I have the, the, the Chargers first just because the first eight games that the Chargers face is pretty mediocre. Now, obviously, the first game is the Raiders, then they face the Chiefs. So it's a pretty good one-two punch. But after that, you have the Jaguars, the Texans. I'm not saying the Jaguars are crap, but I do think the Chargers are a better team. They have faced the Jaguars, the Texans, the Browns, the Broncos, who, you know, that game could go either way, but that's in L.A. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you face Seattle Seahawks. Then you have a bye week. Then you face the Atlanta Falcons. I don't care where that game is played at. I'm picking the Chargers all day on Sunday. and then, uh, then after that, you have a pretty – it gets kind of rough, but I think with the momentum that you have from the first eight games, having that bye week in between – excuse me, in between that, um, you're, you're going to bring in a lot of good stuff. Uh, you face the 49ers in San Fran, and I do feel like San Francisco, if it's Trey Lance, I feel a lot better about the Chargers. Now, if it's Jimmy Garoppolo – I do feel a little differently, but I would still pick the Chargers in that. Um, then it's the Chiefs in L.A., so I think that's a win for the for the Chargers. Then they face the Cardinals in Arizona, but I really think with everything that happened in Arizona, I do think that this Chargers team is going to really benefit from kind of uh, 
a lot of the issues that the Cardinals have had this offseason. Then you have the Raiders in Vegas, which I think is going to be a Vegas win. Uh, and then you face Miami, then Tennessee, Indianapolis, in Indianapolis. Obviously, they face the Rams in L.A., which the Rams are considered the home team, but, you know, I would have picked them as a home team anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then they finish their year off in Denver. So their last week, I, I will give you this. There is a chance that the Chargers have a really tough schedule at the end. Whereas when I was looking at the Raiders, I feel like theirs is a little more balanced. They yeah. get a, they get a, like a week or two where it's kind of uh, okay. This should be a, a pretty good win here and then they then they face a couple of they face you know chargers cardinals then they go titans broncos chiefs then they have a bye week and then you see texans saints jaguars all back-to-back weeks uh and then you have the colts broncos then you get the seahawks then you get the chargers rams then you go patriots steelers then you go niners chiefs so uh, i do think that the raiders schedule is a lot more balanced and i think the chargers schedule is weak at the top and stronger on the bottom. And I do think that that could kind of play a factor. I know everyone wants to say, well, the Chargers are Chargers are Chargers. Yes, but after a while, after you get these gauntlet after gauntlet type of a team, that Mm -hmm. starts to wear on you and you start to kind of have injuries build up. You have, um, you know, where you're not as confident in what you're doing because, you know, this so-and-so team stopped it last time so maybe we don't even touch it this week you know there's a lot of stuff that happens like that and um this is where i think the raiders have a benefit to their schedule now i do think that the broncos are going to be in the mix because basically all the afc west teams face the same schedule almost Uh, there's a couple of different teams here and there but uh, overall they basically face the same teams but the broncos they face like the panthers who I don't mm-hmm. think is all that great. You know, they face like uh, the Ravens, who I think is a really good team. So that could go either or. Um, so, you know, there's just a few. And then, but then they face like teams like the Jets. And you're kind of like, well, that's, you know, that's a good, that's a good game for the Broncos there. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm a little, you know, I, I'm a little like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah. So I, I I can see a, a, a way where the Raiders are the number one team, but I also could see where the Chargers are the number one team. I just think uh, it's really going to depend on how these teams react and injuries and all that, which is, you know, stuff that I'm saying right now is, is all stuff that we hear all the time. But it is true. I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. All right, so we're going to recap that division real quick. So for me in the AFC West, I have the Chiefs in fourth place at 10 and 7, Broncos in third place at 11 and 6, Chargers tied for first place at 12 and 5, and the Raiders tied at first place for 12 and 5. Drew? All right. Um, I don't agree with it, but I have the Chiefs at 4 and uh, 10 and 7. I have the Broncos at three at 13 and four. I have the Raiders at two at 13 and four, and I have the chargers at one at 13 and four. Oh man. Another year. And we finished all the divisions in the NFL. Drew. It's like our yes. third year in a row. Yes, man, we did it. And we did it all before the season. It's Incredible. all, it's always like a marathon to like get it yeah. done. And then like when we first take on this task and it, 
like the first part of it of like, okay, gosh, win here, win there, win here. And then it starts filling out towards the end where it's like, holy cow, it's, yeah, it's finished. You know, I think you have this year. I really, uh, there's a lot of picks that I'm just like, I'm not really happy with that. I think I was just like in my feels about it. Like, Oh, and then I didn't really like think about, Oh, they, this team picked up this guy and blah, blah, blah. Uh I was just like looking at quarterback and head coach. So I'm a little worried about this year. I think you have it, but we'll see. I mean, we may still have to play him. So, I mean, this could easily be a season where you, you get a lot more right than wrong. So don't count yourself out. I think that, I think the records tying, is really really tough. It's really hard for teams to tie nowadays. But yeah, like you have all you have three out of four teams tying in the AFC West. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you're right. Like a lot of them have the same schedule, so it's possible. But um, you know, it it's going to be fun football year, man. This is this is going to be a fun year with a lot of the roster changes, the trades, the free agent pickups. So this is some really exciting football about to be played on Sunday. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Sorry, it is a long episode, but you know we missed two weeks, so there you go. Uh, but we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you know, go subscribe to um, our YouTube page. Um, also, like and comment on all those videos. We always want to hear from you. Also, subscribe on all the major podcast sites. Uh, we are on you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. So, if you haven't already, uh, someone sent you this or. You're watching on YouTube and you're wanting to hear a whole episode or whatever it may be, go check us out on the, on the podcast so you can listen to the whole thing. Um, also, you know, follow us on all the social media sites, which is uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also TikTok. Uh, all are going to be variations of True Code, and as Cody had mentioned in, in the beginning, uh, all the uh, all the tags and uh, names and stuff are all on the uh, uh, story of the uh, podcast, so this description so please uh go do all that uh and then it go follow us or i'm sorry go um check fnx fitness our partner out uh where we can get you 15 percent off of your whole purchase uh by using our promo code if you're watching on youtube you can see it down below if you are not watching and you're listening to it it is in the description as cody had already previously mentioned but uh go check out fnx fitness even if you're not going to use our promo code at least check them out see what they have they sell out quick so make sure you find something that you like and if you like it buy it quick because they do go fast it is a very popular site um and they're a really good company they really they have so much stuff uh, a lot of a lot of um supplements uh, you know they're starting to get more and more gear but um the supplements and they just they do a great job of so go check them out and uh cody why don't you go ahead and finish all right, guys, we cannot thank you guys enough for sticking around with us. Cannot believe again, Drew, it's our 100th podcast episode. Um, you know, it's been a crazy, gosh, five-year journey that we've been on so far. And yeah. to think we go from my garage to this funny setup where we got stuff rolling on the screen. And so it's been a lot of fun, guys. We appreciate <laughs> you guys for hanging out with us out of all the episodes. Yes, I would highly encourage, please go back to listen to which one is your favorite, listen to previous ones, listen to current ones. Please go and do that. We always love and appreciate your guys' support. If anybody is out there interested in getting started in the podcasting realm, you guys can easily you know, download whatever it is to 
record them. We use Anchor. Um, you know, if you guys want to use podcast mics like what I'm using, in the link below is our Amazon link that you guys can click on, purchase it right then and there. They're the exact equipment that we use. So if you guys are interested and want to get started, go down there and do that. Special links for you guys. It goes directly to the Amazon page. And you guys can just buy it right then and there. Highly recommended. This stuff is a lifesaver for when we do our podcast. And it's taken some time for us to get to this point. But for you guys, if you guys got started on your own podcast, get the best equipment right off the spot. So that way it's already taken care of. But, oh man, with that being said, we do have a giveaway that we do want to announce in the next week or so. We will probably have details on how to enter that we're thinking of a couple of gifts that it will be a part of it and how you guys can enter to win so be on the lookout for that and it's going to be very exciting and again guys don't forget to subscribe don't forget to you know download the podcast rate and review like drew had mentioned visit our partners in fnxbit.com I can't thank you guys enough for 100 episodes, Drew. I can't thank you enough for 100 episodes, man. This is yeah, been man. fun. Wait for a thousand more, hopefully. God willing that we're, our wives let us do this a little bit longer. <laughs> I will say this, uh, Cody. I, I know we're, we're wrapping up, but I did want to say this. Um, if you're thinking about doing a podcast, as Cody was kind of bringing up, you know, you want to get some good equipment. Listen. I encourage you to do a podcast, whether you think it's going to be good or not. Cody and I, we just started one because we wanted to have an outlet where we can talk sports and we're not blowing each other's phone up every you know five minutes. Um, we wanted more of an organized thing. Um, I've always been a guy who could, who could talk a lot, so we wanted to do this. And it was, uh, it's been one of the best things that I think we, you and I have ever done together just because we get to hang out on here we get to talk sports and it's funny too because it actually got me a job yeah (laughs) which i never thought that i would ever say that um you know i always thought you know i was gonna be like oh i got you know on espn or i got on fox sports you know that was like uh you know 20 year goal type thing but, um, you know, it ended up helping me get a job uh, working for a uh, high school, which, I mean, not a not a big thing, but, uh, you know, I get to announce uh, football games, which is really fun. And it could turn into something a little bit more, could end up being, uh, you know, doing basketball and baseball and so watching a lot of high school games. So, listen, if you're thinking about doing it, you definitely want to do it. I want to give a shout out to the high school that, that um, is uh, giving me the opportunity to do the announcement. Sanger West High School. Go Hornets. I loved it. I got to call their first touchdown in their school history, which was so surreal. I was, you know, I've I've told everyone about it that I could because I never thought I would ever be able to do something like that. You know, it's I I called my mom when, you know, that I was offered uh, to do the job. And I told her, I was like, it's like the mothership is calling me home. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it was it was really cool. It's really and I I'm enjoying it and I'm looking forward. I'm actually going to be doing the game next week. So uh, really excited for that. And uh, it's been fun, man. It's been really fun. And I'm, I'm glad we get to continue to do this and i'm glad that it's actually uh been very beneficial for you and i so yeah and we've got to meet a bunch of great people along the way and yes. really cool opportunities have opened up for both of us and especially you i i could not be any happier for you with the whole 
football announcing thing because I was like a I was like a school kid when you told me that. I was like, oh my gosh, dude, that is the coolest yeah. thing I've ever heard. So the fact that you get to do that, it's pretty much living out a childhood dream. Yes. It's awesome. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up before we keep getting any more uh, sappy because I can get sappy really easily, folks. So <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. Cannot wait to talk to everyone next week. Drew, be safe. I will probably talk to you in the morning. So everyone take care. Be kind to one another. And we will see you later. Go Hornets. Go Bulldogs. Go Raiders. Let's go. Break through the chains. Go free me. Looking for change. Looking for pain. Pulling a mob. Pushing a train. I'll never stop. Stick to a lane. Pick up the pieces and go rearrange. I'll be the best above all the rest. Put me to the test.